Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adel Marcy. I am steamrolling season five like crazy. And of course, we have someone on the show that was only introduced to me about three days ago. And I spent a couple of minutes before the show just talking to her. And uh, she's awesome. Her name is Nafisa Shireen. That's S-H-I-R-E-E-N. And Nafisa is N-A-F-I-S-S-A. Um, Nafisa, welcome to the show. Hey, Adil. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad to have you Thank on you. here. You're, you are genuinely a really fun person to talk to. And I was like, ooh, I, I'm glad that we're, we're speaking today. Um, now, just a quick heads up for everyone listening in. This show is sponsored by NafisaShireen.com. Again, links in the description. And of course, uh, StorySellingEmails.com. Uh, go check those out as well as if you're listening is your if you're a first-time listener go to adelmarcyunplugged.com join our mailing list we'll send you out new episodes every single week as they're released now jumping right into it my question for you right off the bat is why horses like people don't know who you are and we'll get to that in a moment but why horses like what is the fascination with horses um wow that we could talk for days about that so i'll try to give you the cold notes um i i think for me personally Horses, um, they just represent so much about power, beauty, elegance, um, and horses really connect with people on a, a spiritual level. They see your higher self. And what I really love about horses is, it, you know, I mean, I, I'm obviously a big fan of coaching, um, but I will tell you my the best coach and probably the most expensive coach I've ever had in my life is my own horse um, because they, you cannot get away with anything in front of a horse like they don't care what you look like who you are how much money you have they just care who you are in that moment and how you're showing up and so if your emotions are incongruent they want nothing to do with you um if your body language isn't positive they're not going to follow you so they really teach you a lot about yourself and how you're showing up every day it's um i think it's just incredible and they and when you create trust with a horse it's the most incredible relationship uh, you'll ever have. I mean, that's my biased opinion because I have a few, but um, I, I just think it's it's a magical, magical feeling when you can create trust with an animal that could kill you and they choose to allow you to ride on their back. They choose to follow you. They choose to follow your lead. You know, I it's to me, it's magic and powerful. Yeah, I could actually imagine because you literally have oh, an animal that I recently learned could turn about 45 miles an hour in an instant like they are mm -hmm. so fast and it's kind yep. of interesting because there's so many people that i love and care and care about as people and friends that are horse people they just love horses and it fascinates me because i'm actually slightly terrified by them because of how close i've gotten before and gone wow your head is huge i mean you're a beautiful yeah. creature but your head is huge like you can yeah, they can, do, second. they can do damage with that head for sure <laughs> if they walk you with it yeah, they're I mean, I think their head will weigh as much as a human does, right? They're they're pretty, they're big. Damn, 145 pound head, or in my case, 177, but still, damn, that is a lot. Yeah, yeah, but they're excellent mirrors, and I think for me, that's the big the big thing is they're just they're just such a great mirror of of who you are and how you're showing up, and I I just love it every part of it, and, and I like writing them too because there's a bit of a thrill there as well, <laughs> so it's that part as well. Yeah, I can just totally imagine. So as we jumped off of that, I've got to ask now, because obviously that's a little bit of fun stuff that I wanted to talk about. But realistically, what I wanted to say was that something that you really do that you said to me was after all your years in corporate, what you now do is you coach people specifically on the mindset of why 
and to quote you was, business is quite easy to do. It's the mindset of why do we make it harder for ourselves and why do we stop doing the things that we love? Now, my curiosity is what brought that on? Like, what was the first thing that brought that on? To that, studying that, well, I, it really gets back to how I was because when I first left corporate, um, I actually was kind of rebelling against all things business. And so I thought I was going to become a health coach. And I mean, that ended up not being the right thing for me to do. But what I found fascinating was I thought here I had all this, this business experience and that I had no trouble running my own business because I was running these really big corporations. And I would hit a wall with everything. And sometimes the, the things that I needed to do were the things I was resisting. Yet when I was in a corporation, I could go do them. So if I was negotiating a contract, no problem. If I was negotiating my salary, no problem. If I was negotiating someone else's salary, no problem. Um, if I, you know, they used to send me in to go deal with the underground uh, underground miners because I worked in mining and I would negotiate these eight-figure contracts, no problem. And then when it came time to doing it for myself, I, I worked for free <laughs> for the first year because I was too afraid to ask people for money. And I realized that a lot of times I knew what to do, but I stopped myself. I just wouldn't do it because I had fear. And so that started the, the study for me to, to kind of veer off of the health coaching and really look at what, what drives people. I can definitely relate to that because I still, even after 11 years in the industry, as I raise my prices, I still have that fear of like, oh shit, am I charging too much? Or will I not get the client because of what my, what my fees are? So mm -hmm. it does creep up and that's normal. My question to you is how did you overcome that? Um, it... I mean, it was a journey. I had to, I mean, obviously I, I had to work on my mindset. I had to get the coaching. I had to, I had to have my bank account start to go empty because <laughs> yep. nothing will motivate me more than like, Oh, wow. Where, where'd all my money go um, to get into action. And so I started to just overcome it. And a lot of it has to do with, I think it's, it's really interesting. And I've seen this pattern with my clients. So when I first started working with entrepreneurs, I was a little bit more focused on the, the the business stuff, even though I was studying this other piece, and I would see the same thing come up again and again. And it, it's it's like an ongoing process to realize that the it's a value piece or a self-worth piece where it's just, it's easy to do for someone else, but we can't do it for ourselves. And I would see this for other people as well. So I had to learn, and it's like you said, I still sometimes, when it's time for me to raise my prices, I'll still sometimes have some of that nervousness. Um, but I think it's just this, this fear of, is what I'm doing good enough? Is there a need for what I have out there? Um, you know, what, like, what is showing up for me in that aspect? And so I think a lot of times people just, I think respond in fear is what I'd say. And so they hold themselves back. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree with that as well, because like a fear is actually one of the biggest things that actually kills our creativity. Mm -hmm. um and it's but also drives us that's the way at least i look at it as well like because sometimes i tend to do things more from the, from the state of will i regret this on the day uh, on my deathbed mm -hmm. and it's a powerful motivator but to go back to it for a second like even uh, like you said that it was working on your mindset and i have to ask what was it the start of that did you go work with a coach or did you actually start working by yourself with your own mindset I started with a coach. Um, I, 
I mean, I, I'm a little bit biased towards coaching because when I was in the corporate world, I was stuck at middle management. Like, I think I had like a $75,000 a year job and I was stuck there. Now, I know that might sound crazy to people to say, what do you mean you were stuck at $75,000? But for me, I was stuck and I wanted to get to that next level. And so I hired an executive coach to help me. And throughout my four years in after that, I worked with this coach and I, t- I 10 times my income, literally wow. by, by, and I mean, she didn't do it. I had to do the work, but that was the start of me seeing how everything that was happening with me was how I was showing up and I, how I had to make changes. And so when I left the corporate world, I knew that as an entrepreneur, um, I, if I was willing to invest in myself to help someone else's business, I had to do it for myself as well. So for me, there was never, um, it was never even a question about hiring coaching because it has been something I already done and had results with. So that's, I, I went into it. I never really believed in coaching myself. It's kind of like, you know, when you touch the end of your nose, you can't see it yourself. <laughs> you need someone else to do it to help you out with that. Yeah, you now say that I'm actually touching the end of my nose and I really can't see my finger. That's actually true. I had no yeah. idea that was a thing. But yeah, you can't. I can just imagine like four or five people listening to the show have actually done the exact same thing. Oh, no, my God, he's right. Mark, <laughs> if you're listening and you've done that, text me, please. I know you will have. Um, so one of the things I really wanted to uh, query and question about really more than anything was the idea behind of how you can stay calm under pressure. Main reason is because so many people actually fret. My actual belief is if people learn how to breathe and control their panic, fight, flight, or freeze response, they'd be able to get a lot more done in a lot less time without the fear and panic setting in. Now, uh, for yourself, I'm assuming you've worked with people before that have that overreactionary uh, thought process. What do you do to coach them in order to actually calm that back down? So, I mean, it's, it's like you said, the first thing is asking them to stop and to, to take a breath, right? To just really evaluate what's going on. Um, and a lot of times I will let them, you know, spew, vent, get it out because we need to get it out. And then they've hired me to interrupt them. So <laughs> then it's like, okay, you're done with that, right? And we just start to ask reflective questions. I, I do, when I work with people, um, I use a process that's it's called super learning and it helps them get to become whole brained. And that's when we're in person, like we'll have VIP days and I and that helps get your right hemisphere and left hemisphere talking to each other. It, it, you know, it's, it's a physiological exercise that you can do um, to just kind of help you calm down and work at the subconscious level. Um, you know, for me, I, we are going to be bringing horses into the work with the clients because you have to be able to stay calm under pressure with a horse as well. And so teaching people how to do this is a really important part of, of them having success. And it all comes down to the questions you ask them, right? Like if, if, if you can ask the right question, and I mean, I don't have any concrete example in front of me right now, but I'm just thinking of some of my clients while they'll be calling in a panic. The first thing I'll always say is what, what are you trying to create here? What's the outcome you want? And that will usually make them stop, make them think, make them forget about all the stuff that's going on around them and think about that outcome. And then we work backwards from that. So there's quite a few different things. It really depends on the situation we work in um, to really get them thinking about what they ultimately want to accomplish. Because if you're looking at everything coming at you, you just, I mean, it it can be so easy to be overwhelmed, right? (laughs) Because stuff comes at you all the time. So if you keep that focus on, what do you want to accomplish? Then you can kind of see, like, does this matter? No, it really doesn't matter what I want to 
accomplish and we can kind of push it off to the side and then really drill down on, on the most important thing they need to focus on. Okay, see, that's powerful. So my question there and actually just lies towards what is that physiological um, response that you actually train into us? Like, could we do that right now as an example or would that be like impinging on things? It's, it's, it's a little bit hard <laughs> to do that like uh, through, through audio, but what I do, I test people. So um, it's hard to demonstrate it through, through an audio, but I test people um, muscle testing. And so your body is really your subconscious mind, right? So if you think about this from a pure physiological standpoint, um, you know, if you go to pick up a pen, you're firing nerves, right? Your nervous system is firing. To just I was going to say, in a few, hold on a second. So, like muscle testing isn't just so I know. It's kind of that whole thing with like putting your index and your thumb together to make a circle, and like, can you break it or can you not? If it feels good, you can't yeah. break it. If it feels bad, yeah. it breaks open quite quickly. Exactly. Um, okay, there's and there's multiple ways you can do that. You can click the thumbs. You can press down on an arm. You can do all kinds of different ways to test the muscle, yeah, and right. and that's exactly it. Yeah. If, like my my version. Sorry, you were saying. No, and so I was just going to say, and so that's why i say like if, if you if you were saying if it feels good you won't open it it feels bad it will and that's what i would if, you, if it does open you have subconscious stress yeah so i'd say like, like that is just a very 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 simplified version of exactly what goes on um but yeah so like that's basically what it would be for muscle testing right yeah yeah and so yeah. when we test that for muscle testing because the body doesn't lie yeah. Right. If you're if you're carrying any stress, so, you, so what happens is like that nervous system of yours, like your your brain is a switching station, like literally it is. I'm not speaking in woo woo stuff, right? It, it yeah. is. And so if you have that stress, your nervous system can't um, have the strength to do even the smallest things. So with that testing, we can see where a person is really truly stressed out, and then there's just different exercises we do, and usually it, it involves more often than not crossing the left or right side of the body over like, you know, crossing your legs or crossing your arms. They're, they're kind of exercises you might see in a, um, a modality called brain gym, but it's you, I'm not a practitioner of that. These are just modeled after that um, to help you get what we call whole brained. And it's a, it's a process that helps you create transformation really quickly at the subconscious level to calm down and, and to relieve stress and to get yourself focused. Okay. And then we test, we, we muscle test again after we do the process to make sure that they're, that the, it's actually worked. Okay. So that actually does make sense. Cause you're actually like looking whether or not, it, if it's like where you're at, helping clear it and checking it again, because again, what you do say is the body doesn't lie. Yeah. And it's quite interesting how, and kind of going off on a tangent right now, one of the things that I actually do understand about the body that's quite powerful is that before we had verbal communications, our bodies are basically hairline, uh, they're basically on a hairline trigger to figure out whether or not something is good or bad for them, simply because they were so refined to actually communicate in a nonverbal communica uh, communicative um, way. So like, for instance, if we go back to our ancestors, they would have communicated with nonverbal communication, for, uh, for instance, and they would have had very physiological responses in a way of actually showing trust and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. And so, that's why working with horses is so powerful because they're masters of nonverbal communication. Something that you can do, like and I, I've seen it, where you can ask a person to, to lead a horse by a rope and tell their story. So like um, in six months from now, when you've accomplished all of this, 
tell us, like, tell your story from six months from now. This is an exercise I love doing with people, right? So they'll say, well, today I am this, you know, today, like, today I added, you know, $10,000 a month to my business because I took these steps and I made the phone calls, like whatever it is that they would put down on their plan. If that horse doesn't follow them, you know, they don't believe it <laughs> because, because they're bought, the horse will not trust you if you're not confident and aligned in your body language. And if you're speaking about something that you don't subconsciously believe, your body's going to be hunched over and, and not confident. It's, it's incredible. Your body does not lie. So Even now what you're thinking, yeah. So what you're saying is Adil go get a horse so you can actually test whether or not your goals are truly aligned to who you are. Absolutely. You don't need to be afraid of them. They're gentle. Oh, I'm not I'm not terrified. Like I say I'm not terrified of them. I'm scared of them in the sense of like I don't understand them, but I reckon if I'm around a horse like for about a day or so, I'll probably be friends with it mainly because I love animals. Like yeah. truly love animals. Um I say this with my two little Bengals literally falling asleep next to me right now. Well, it's just, and, and you have the right attitude, but you have to have respect for their size and their power. Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, yeah. you just, you can't like, it, it's, um, there's a level of respect that you do need to have for certain animals, but other animals, in my opinion, you need to respect them, but you got to have like a level of com uh, confidence with them. Like for instance, my friends know they can never take me to, to safari with them. Or if we do go, I have to sit in the middle seat <laughs> because if I see a lion, or a tiger or any big cat, I'll be the first idiot that runs out of the thing and scream kitty as I run towards this thing as it kills me. Yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs> so the middle seat's a good place, they'll hold you in place, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just amazing. Like just how, uh, how simple it is, like how quickly you can go. And this is a little bit morbid and a little bit morose, but that's kind of how my brain is. I actually have a will where it says that if I die by if I die by being mauled to death by a big cat, then they have to write on my tombstone, dying to, uh, died trying to do what he loved best, playing with cats. Hey, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. That's awesome. <laughs> I have so many. Like, it's actually okay. So, a bit of a slightly sad story, but it has a funny reason. Um, so I I was diagnosed with bipolar depression when I was uh, fourteen. And up until I was about 18, I had about seven suicide attempts up until then. I've had no more since, which is amazing. But in that time period, um, shortly after when I started doing well in business, when I was in my 20s, uh, my friends had decided that in my will, I have to uh, constantly have different variations of how I would die. Again, like I said, the big kitty claws. The other one is... Um, that's actually what it's called because we thought it'd be funny to sound like Big Kitty Claws, C-L-A-W-S instead of C-L-A-U-S-E. Um, the other one is if I die by killing myself, then I and I apologize for the crudeness of this language, especially because this is being recorded on International Women's Day. It actually will say, here lies Adela Marcy, pussed out like a bitch. It's literally <laughs> how my tune... I, and I have no say on this, by the way. This is in my will. So like, if I die before whatever reason my parents are alive, they have to put that on my tombstone. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Really <laughs> then, people, then people remember you for who you are, and that's the best part, right? You want them to, to remember you. So exactly. Yeah. And the best part about it is my mother signed off and initialed this. Oh, that's so cool. My, my very Muslim conservative mom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. She just laughed her ass off and she went, I know this boy's ego. He's not willing, like, you've got this bet going on. He's going to die naturally. 
just for this. It's like you could have a gun to everyone's head and be like, unless you kill yourself, then we're going to massacre this whole thing. It's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Massacre them. Why? Because if I kill myself, it's going to go on my tombstone. And I can't really explain it to, my, to other people. My mom literally said that to my friends, and she was like, yeah, no, this is just a way to guarantee that he'll be fine. I was like, thanks, mom. Love you, too. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. She's brilliant. So, like, kind of going to, like, a little bit of the strategies of what you do particularly. So you actually came across someone with, that was a very high-level entrepreneur, and they were doing well for a very long time, but they hit a plateau. You know, boredom. What would be, like, three things that you tell them right away, like, today? Go do this and snap out of it. What would those three things be? They're bored, so... why? Like, why would you choose those three things? those three things um okay so if they were bored i mean i would definitely tell them to just stop working for at least a week and go do something fun right like take a vacation go somewhere and do all the tacky tourist things because then you don't have time to sit and get on your computer or play or think this isn't fun like you just have to go out and do that and play um because i think play is really really important so many of us forget to to do that and uh, the first time i actually went to a retreat that I paid so much money for. And then they made us decorate the room like a party. I was really pissed off. Pardon my language. I'm okay. I paid oh, how much we swear to, hang up, it. to hang up party party favors. And then and they and just it just kept getting more and more and more like ridiculous what they had us do. But you know what? That was two hours of just plain fun. And I think going out, so going and doing the tacky tourist things, doing stuff that just makes you laugh. Everybody needs to do that because I don't think we laugh enough in, in our life. So that's going to be, I'd say, the first thing we need to do. Um, I think the second thing is, uh, <laughs> um, I would say, obviously, go ride a horse. Like, just go do that. I, I'm biased on it, I but I know the power and the magic of horses. Go on a trail ride. Go take some lessons. Because you have to be so present in the moment. I think when we're bored, it's because we're just not present we, we can't get present we can't get comfortable with ourselves right and you have no choice when you're with a horse you can't be thinking about laundry you can't be thinking about email you have to write you can't be thinking about what you're going to make for dinner or, or that client that's bothering you because your life literally depends on you being present so it's that that feeling of presence and and learning to kind of get that ability to um just be in the moment and enjoy the moment and the third thing I do is once you get that comfortable is to actually go take a few days by yourself somewhere in complete solitude and learn to love your own company. Agreed. Right? Journal. Like don't don't bring a don't bring um your your iPhone or your smartphone, don't bring your computer, don't bring anything. Just journal and write. And if you can, don't even read something else. Just be with your own company. So art, re writing knitting crocheting like whatever just to learn to love your own company and i think that is one of the most powerful gifts anybody can give themselves agreed i i could not agree more with that one of the things i've been doing quite a lot is i actually am uh, sundays i try and do this as often as possible is i try and keep off my phone for as long as possible during sundays for about at least six to eight hours in the morning mm -hmm. and then in that moment um, I just want to write like continuously for 25 minutes until I hit that flow state in my mind mm -hmm. and then just go from there. And yeah. um, the only place I actually find that with the whole presence thing is jujitsu. Like whenever I do Brazilian jujitsu, that's actually where I feel it most. 
and, and everybody has to find what that is for them. Like for you, it's jujitsu. For me, it's horses. For other people, it could be um, carving or artwork or kayaking, right? Like it could be anything, but finding that thing where you can get so present and connect to your breath and connect to just just that moment of what's going on around you, I think is, is super important. Like you talk about writing every morning. We all have morning routines. I get up early just to right and spend time with my dog she's 15 so I don't know how much longer she's going to be with us and so just and sometimes I'll just sit and hold her and and have that time with her and that's you know it calms her down and she I can't sleep in because she wants that morning time (laughs) she will wake me up (laughs) to have her morning time with me and it's it's so cool because this other creature needs me and by her needing me it helps me get more present with myself. And I think it's a really cool thing. That's awesome. Um, so I, I really enjoy that. I've got to actually ask you how old is like, what breed is your dog? Not how old you said it's 15. How, what breed? She's a pug. I have two pugs. Oh yeah. I had another one. He lived to almost 17. Um, he passed away three years ago. And so now she's hit 15 and then I've got one that's three and that's a terrorist. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> He's adorable, but my, oh my, he keeps me on my toes. Uh, yeah, I think pets do that. I mean, my cat, um, Chase, who's like five, and Luna, who's four. I had, um, I had like a tube of Pringles, like an empty tube of Pringles on like my desk. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my coffee table. So he literally walked up, and I swear to God, it's the funniest thing to see. He just jumped up and smacked it. Like, if you don't pay attention to him after he's me out of it, he starts breaking things just to get your attention. It's like, oh, that's so funny. I'm like, you're such a dick. And he's like, yeah, I know. My favorite part, though, again, with animals is um, if I go, and this is how I know he loves me the most. If I go into another room, he will immediately stop meowing until I come out of that room. And the best part about it is I can have a conversation with him. So I can just, That's and he, cool. the thing is, he will wait for you to finish talking and then reply. Like that's cool. I've had this conversation a bunch of times with with, uh, with my friends are here just proving like he like me out like Chase no I'm just in bed right now meow yes the other person is in here with me as well meow no we're not doing anything meow yes I'm completely sure meow I'm completely sure that you're my favorite as well so don't worry about it meow uh, Luna's cool too meow I'm gonna come out in five minutes okay and I'm just I'm just showing them something in here I'll be back in five minutes we're gonna have a book and chill out and watch a movie. Meow. Okay, I love you. Meow. No, I love you most. Cool. And then just he walks off. Like he just stays quiet at that point and walks up. He's like, he knows. So you're a full on cat person, right? Is that no. your favorite? No? I'm a dog person. Really? I love cats oh. and dogs, but like here's the thing. Cool. Because I grew up with dogs. Okay. So like I love like um my friend Laura who lives up north in North England, um, whenever I go visit her. So it's one of my clients. Um, literally, her dog, uh, Pluto, who's a huge Dalmatian, who doesn't know how big he is, decides to just constantly like, cuddle up to me and just sleep on my head. Like he literally full on cuddles me. Benji, for some reason, loves if I'm in the car, he'll just sit on my lap. He's like, I love sitting on his lap. Sky was almost the same. So I love dogs quite a lot, but mm-hmm. my cats were like a gift um, from an ex partner of mine. And um, my cats, I know cat owners say they're cats. My, I think my cat thinks it's a dog. My, mine actually do. Uh, Chase goes paddle boarding with me. 
He loves oh, water. Awesome. He goes for walks on leads. He responds to his name. I can literally call him and he'll come over and sit on my lap. Oh, that's so, awesome. That's yeah, awesome. I, I, I wanted to get a cat for a long time, but I've always, I don't know how to raise them or look after them. And I live in an area with a lot of, I mean, people all around have cats, but I live in an area with, with a lot of coyote and, and cougars. And so I, and I'm on a ranch. So I always feel like if I get a cat, I'm just inviting this animal to its death. So I haven't, I haven't got one. <laughs> in fairness, cats are really self, uh, self-explanatory and quite easy to get along with. Like mm-hmm. it's quite interesting, like how, little people realize that like cats are little assholes like chase i had this um so we're completely sidetracking on this i took him out for a walk uh three years ago mm-hmm. um he killed a fox oh my goodness yeah a fox tried to attack him because i had him on his long leash so i wasn't i wasn't really worried um mm-hmm. he was on his long leash and it was about 10 meters and i sat down and i feel it shaking i think oh crap someone's gonna steal my cat because he's He's a really good looking cat. So I ran over being like, oh no, what's going on? It was a fox. There was a pool of blood. And I was like, I looked at his face, I looked at his paws. There was blood, but there was no cuts. I was like, okay, he's okay. Follow the trail along. There's a fox limping off dying. Like you can see blood leaking out. And I'm like, oh shit, my cat just murdered this thing. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah, so cats, they're a little bit tough. tough. Yeah, and they're really, they're self-explanatory to look after. You just make sure they have a place to poop, a place to eat, and a place to drink, and they're happy. Occasionally, they get a cuddle, and that's about it. Um, maybe one day we'll graduate to getting cats. <laughs> we have, we have six, six animals here right now. I think my husband's just like, no more. <laughs> so. I'm moving to a bigger place. I'm already thinking, like, can I get a dog? Like, I've already got the landlord to say, yes, let me have two cats. I'm like, can I get a dog as well? <laughs> got the space why not right that's why I, when we bought this ranch i was um i mean land in vancouver is crazy crazy expensive right so uh, it's only a two-acre ranch but that's a big deal here in vancouver that's, that's a huge part yeah and and my husband's like i'm so glad we only have two acres because you're limited in the amount of horses you can bring here i'm like yep i can't i have got four and that's i can't fit any more in so otherwise i'd be adopting all of them oh i don't blame you i'm the exact same it's like potato chips. You can't just have one when it comes to horses or pugs. <laughs> I have such a similar thought process with that as well. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be quite interesting to see how, um, what's it called? To see exactly how like everything kind of transforms in terms of which animals and everything goes forward move, like with, uh, with my work. But I do want to actually ask something specific with mindsets sure. and horses because this is quite... Yes. Like, a lot of successful entrepreneurs I know actually love horses, so I have to ask, what is it about horses that just brings calm to you? Like, why, why that animal? Um, I would definitely say it is because of how, what we were talking about earlier, the requirement for presence. Yeah. Um, if you're, because one of the things I'll have people do, and it depends on the horse's mood for that day, but if they can sit with a horse, like, and you're very vulnerable. You're in a chair. You're sitting down, and and as you said, they can go to forty five kilometers an hour just like that, right? Yeah. The slightest thing. So you have to really um, bring your energy in, bring your energy down, center yourself, and it it forces presence. But it's not like, and when I say forces, the wrong word because that sounds you know like not real. It, yeah. yeah, but that's not the word, but it's it's more like it's just, it's a natural um, 
place to go and it feels so good, but it's maybe something. So when I'm using the word force, it's maybe something we wouldn't do on our own elsewhere. Like you asked about, you know, when people are in panic or whatever, right? We may not cause ourselves to get centered. So this is more where I'm thinking with the horses. It, it causes you to go to a really good place to, to for A, for your, your physical safety. And also it's emotionally like that connection when you have it, it, I don't even know how to describe how it just fills you up. And so it really, um, for me, creativity, like if I have to write episodes for my YouTube channel or I have to write a blog or whatever, if I'm sitting in my office, it's not going to happen. And I'll just sometimes go plop a chair with the horses and I don't know what's going to come up, but ideas just start to flow. Sometimes they don't and that's okay too. So there's the, the beauty of it is being able to be in a space where you have no expectations. And I think that's what, um, will really attract a lot of people is because whatever happens is the right thing. You don't have to um, be be a persona. You don't have to get anything done. There's an expression called horse time because it is the horse's time. And so it's like another world. And I think that's what really attracts people to it because you can get to that really centered, calm place that opens up so much creativity and ideas and uh, power and boundaries and all the all the things that everybody really is inside that they sometimes hide. Excellent. I I couldn't agree more. It's almost like they know. Yeah. That's actually very. And, and you and you cannot bullshit a horse. Like you cannot. I I know there was one day I, uh, and I remember this day because it was really funny because I I had a really uh, stressful day in my business and like everything that could go wrong had gone wrong. And I, this is before I moved into to this ranch. I went down to where I was boarding my horse. And and he's a really friendly guy. He's a very friendly horse. And I go to see him. And so I, I put on a big smile, like, hey, Chip, how are you? He turned his head away. And then as I opened the door, he made himself really big. And he kept turning and turning. And you could feel the horse going, don't engage, don't engage, don't engage, right? And I'm looking at him. And this horse wanted nothing to do with me. And then I just <sighs> let out. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm really, really stressed out. Instantly, he came right down, he turned around, and he connected with me. So they can't handle emotional incongruence either, right? So it's it's a it just really helps you to see how you're showing up. Yeah. Yeah, it really, really does. And I think that's actually quite evident and true for all animals, yeah. um, to some degree or another. I mean, your frog's not going to do that to you, and some cats will just be like, I don't care if you're having a bad day, play with me. Dogs, on the other hand, very good with actually understanding human emotions and playing with them um, yes. in the best possible way. Unless they're little terrorists, as your pug is. No, he has no idea when you're mad or happy or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm getting attention, I'm getting attention. <laughs> That's it. It has one speed. Yep. Tension. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I was actually going to ask you, like, one of my favorite questions to really ask on the show, and feel free to expand and elaborate on this as much as you want, and that is the idea of what books and movies actually influence you and i'll give you a, a parameter here so you have uh, i'm assuming you're an avid and voracious reader yes okay so what books eight books would you say the non-fiction books eight non-fiction books that influenced your life that you would recommend everyone read that's part one once you've done that we'll go into part two so okay so eight okay you're catching me up right here okay so oh, for sorry. sure <laughs> so for sure, I would recommend everybody read um, Robin Sharma's uh, Leader Without a Title. I think that was the first self-development book I've ever read, and it changed my whole life. So it just 
just so much in there about really it's not what that title is, it's how you're showing up. Um, obviously, thinking we're rich, I think every entrepreneur should read that. Um, other nonfiction books that I've read that I really like are U Squared by Price Pritchett, uh, Working with the Law by Raymond Hollywell. Um, I really do love, <laughs> I love Seth Godin's book, What, what You Gonna Do With That Duck? <laughs> um, I can't actually say I've read it from cover to cover, but I just love to pop it open and read a blog from time to time because it gets ideas going. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Um, Relentless is another good one, Tim Grover. Um, well, what did I get him at, six or seven? You're, you're at four. I don't know. Yeah, you've only given me four titles. Thinking Grow awesome. Rich, Robin Sharma, um, Relentless, What's Seth Godin. Hmm? Seth Godin. So there was Thinking Grow Rich, Robin Sharma, Working with the Law by Raymond Hollywell, You Squared by Price Pritchett. Okay, you uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I missed one. So yeah, you're at six. At six. Okay, so I'm gonna point two more. My brain is just not working right now. Um says you, I'm the one that got the number wrong. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Oh, and you know what? My own mentor's book, um, The Millions Within by David Nagel is a really good book. And um uh, Science of Getting Rich. Those th these are books that I just have all the time with me that I will just open up and read a page um, from time to time just to encourage me. Like I just have them around me quite a bit. Excellent. And I read them a lot, yeah. Awesome. I love that. Okay, so the next part, which is one of my favorite bits, is um, what would you say were the four, actually five, five nonfiction books or movies that influenced your life and why? Nonfiction, okay, so movies oh, sorry sorry uh, fiction these are all fiction books fiction. okay fiction okay so <laughs> um this is gonna sound really bad but i am not a movie watcher <laughs> at all and we have the most incredible home theater with like eight reclining chairs stage seats a massive eight foot screen and my husband will sit in there with the pucks because <laughs> i i am not a, i don't I'll watch it once or twice a year. I, I just, I find it, I think what happens, I get in that room, it's so comfortable, I go to sleep. Um, but I've never really been a movie watcher, so that's kind of hard for me to answer uh, that one. Fiction. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I just, I, I don't watch yeah. movies. It's just like... not. No. I mean, I've got my movies from the 80s, like The Princess Bride and Dirty Dancing that I watched as a teeny bopper when I was in my teens. Um, but I just... I've never really been a movie watcher. Um, so fiction, um, fiction books. Well, I love historical fiction. Like I love it because I can just go back into another time and I can read uh, about something that's, that's a story that has a lot of truth to it. And I don't know that they change my life, but they just open up like creativity and thinking and thinking about different ways. Like I'm a, I'm a huge Outlander fan. I've read, I haven't read the whole series, but I love that book. I love where it takes me to. I love that it gets me thinking about um, just a different way of living. Cause you know, when you're living in the seventh or the 18th century, they're it's like, it's like really living off the earth. And I think that just sparks ideas for me because of the type of way I like to live. Um, I've, I read another one. I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was so cool. Um, but it was set a couple of hundred years ago and it was set in the Middle East and it was, 
it just gave me all these ideas for recipes and cooking and traditional, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the name. This is going to drive me crazy. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I was going to ask, like, have you never read any, like, Lord of the Rings books or any of the yeah. Harry Potter books? No, no, no. Oh, I have okay. watched Lord of the Rings. I have watched it um, those years ago, yeah. Right. No, I haven't I read gonna, any of that. Well, I was going to say, like, I definitely recommend reading the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people go wonder, like, why some like, one of my friends, Kylie, um, she's only started, she started reading them last year, and she was like, why have I not read these books sooner? I'm like, I have no idea, because they're so well written. Uh, but more importantly, if you're a fan of anything kind of story-based that, like, holds your attention and really kind of keeps you, um, what's it called, keeps you engaged, mm -hmm. keeps you present, those books are amazing for it. Okay. I'd also, I'd also recommend uh, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, if you haven't oh, read Oh, yeah, that I've read, yes. Yeah, I read that book once a year in October, like, just okay. shortly after my birthday. It's like my, it's one of my rituals that I go through. Okay. Yeah, I need to, I, I will be bluntly honest like fiction is something that I need to carve more time for into my life I when I worked in corporate um, I lived in Vancouver and I worked up in Alaska and a lot of our corporate offices were all over the place and so I was on a plane all the time mm -hmm. and my my little thing is every airport I went to I would buy a book a fiction book and I used to read a lot of fiction back then but I can't remember I mean, this is like eight or nine years ago so I would just read these stories because this was before you had wi-fi on planes I'm not old so <laughs> I would read these books and, and a lot of fiction and then when I left um when I left it was I'd started to read this outlander series which is you know, how many books she has they're all a thousand pages and I kind of stopped reading fiction a few years ago. So that's something I need to go back into. Uh, I mean, I love the Outliner books. I'm working on the fifth one now, I think The Fiery Cross. But I find like I sit down and it's, I, if I'm not reading something about studying about horses or studying about universal law, um, I'm sleeping. <laughs> so like, fiction is something I think I need to bring back into my life. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Like, I used to actually be very similar to you. It was until about two or three years ago. Uh, where I was just like, I was getting burnt out from reading business books. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't read anymore. Like, um, to give you an idea, like, again, like I said, I'm in the midst of a move right now. I counted, I have like 400 odd books in my apartment and I need to like transport them. I'm just like, dear Lord, this is going to be so painful. That's just a lot of books. Yeah. And a lot of them, like, some of them are very rare finds, like very rare finds, like uh, first editions for certain books or like last print editions that you can't find anywhere else. Oh, so, that's so cool. Yeah, so I'm very, I'm very particular and picky about my books. But one of the things that I actually found really interesting about it all was, because um, I, I hit that level of burnout, I used to always ask people and mentors, and I think I even asked Esther, our mutual friend, I was like, why can't I read any more books? And she said, well, maybe all the books you've read are all the books you really need to read until you apply them like your brain just can't like keep adding more information i was like fair enough um it wasn't just that i had a few people say something similar to that effect so i thought okay cool um and i asked one of my friends uh, in london i was like hey what book are you reading and they said well you like crime novels i was like yeah they're like read this crime book i read that crime book it is hands down one of my favorite crime series ever which one is that chris carter uh the robert hunter series no, I don't know that one. So very well written, beautifully done, uh, as in terms of like how uh, 
how engaged I was. Like I, I'm a slow reader at times because I've um, I also have dyslexia, which is quite hilarious considering I'm a writer for a living. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm a dyslexic writer. But I think it's because I, 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 the thing that I do is um, if you read anything I write, I don't write conventionally well. Like if I took like an, if an English teacher went through my work, they would point out all the grammar mistakes I make, all the, everything I make as a mistake there. But I write from a sales perspective, which is conversational. So when you read oh. what I write, it's so conversational. I have to share a hilarious story with you on that. Because, because coming from corporate, you know, I mean, I knew how to use a semicolon, right? Because <laughs> like, every every report was just like so. And I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near like what I would say like a great copywriter by any means. But I adapted my writing style to be a lot more conversational. And, you know, sometimes, as you know, a copy, like you just make one sentence a paragraph and it might not even be a full sentence, right? It's not grammatically correct in any way, shape or form. And it took me a long time to even get to that point to, to do it. And my uh, operations manager would proofread my stuff and I would see my emails come out. Because then it would go to my tech person. I'd see them come out, and it would be, it looked like a proper uh, corporate document. I'm like, I'm sure I didn't write it like that. I, I worked so hard to make it conversational. I couldn't remember, and I discovered she was going back and fixing all my grammar, <laughs> making it all stuffy and unreadable. Oh my goodness! So I'll give you guys a very everyone listening to this. I'll give you guys a very 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 quick um, heads up on how this works uh, for like getting the um, grammatical side of things out there I actually and you've actually touched upon it it's using one sentence uh, paragraphs by basically using that it honestly it almost immediately becomes easier to read and you get your point across way quicker mm-hmm. it's absorption right um but the reason I brought that up was because it took me a while to read any more business books I mean I went I remember reading through um, Books like pre uh, like persuasion by uh, not persuasion influenced by Robert Cialdini or um, any of the books I really have like the Journey of the Soul, Destiny of the Souls or Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell uh, basically all these different books that I had and I'd be able to get through them like in a weekend and then all of a sudden when I was in my mid twenties because um, I'm approaching the end of my twenties but like when I was twenty five I had a really hard time reading books so I read through Chris's book and within three days I read the entire thing all of it like and I love spoilers I love looking at the ending of books and whatever this book couldn't even do it I wanted to read everything I was so enamored and engrossed by it like I remember waking up in the morning going to the gym and having this book in my bag specifically so I can read on the on the underground sub well tube uh, tube service over here like there I'm back would not care about what I was listening to I would just be so engrossed by what was in front of me um and that kind of rebuilt that feeling of reading and why and I actually adapt a lot of my copy to it, which is why I get my junior cubs. And if you if you've listened to any of my shows in the past, you'd know that I definitely recommend this book highly simply because it teaches you how to write advertising without writing advertising, if that makes sense. It, it basically teaches you how to communicate emotionally. Okay. And that's something I find in fiction books that people have kind of lost the ability to understand is that if you want to communicate emotionally, read books that are caused and created to hook you in, such as fiction books and movies. And you know what? I think that, and thank you for bringing that up because I mean, that that's something that I've realized I need to add into my life, but movies too. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, because they get so focused and I'm speaking, I'm not speaking from a noticing 
perspective or judging anyone, I'm, I'm putting myself in the same boat too. <laughs> we get so focused on our goals and getting things done and self-development, mindset and beliefs. We forget sometimes to have a bit of fun and read some fiction. And it's just as important in our, our, our creativity and our life and our fulfillment to, to get into a story. Without a doubt. I mean, it's how our ancestors basically passed down information for generations and uh, for eons and eons and eons. And we just generally don't. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I pride myself as being able to write from a perspective of being a story-based copywriter. Like, I can actually take anyone's story and actually turn their sales pieces into something beautiful because what I'm looking to do is engage you, engage you emotionally and empathic, uh, from an empathic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's quite an interesting place to go. So one of my favorite questions really to ask on the show and kind of transitioning out of that was any time that you actually felt like you couldn't do this, like, you know, business is kind of going crazy. I don't know if I can actually live up to this. There's either too much success or too little success. Like you either doubt yourself from a perspective of I'm not good enough or I don't know if I can do this. How long you got? I think that's a that's a daily battle for a lot of entrepreneurs for, for both aspects, right? Oh, exactly. Um, so my question is like, how do you deal with it? Well, how, how do, do you I do? Yeah, how do you get people to deal with it? It's connecting to your why, right? Um, because I mean, every day in in business or life, I mean, to get what we want, we have to do things that aren't necessarily comfortable, or they they challenge us, or they stretch us, or we've never had the result before so we don't believe we can do it so whether that means you know you have a slow month and and the sales aren't in or you have um a a, a good month like i think my uh i was gonna say like my one of my best sales weeks i remember i I think i sold like it was about 100 grand in 10 days i gotta tell you the three weeks after that were the worst three weeks of my life right because you can go like oh i've done these awesome sales but then it's like oh my god i've got to deliver right so it goes both ways so either way there can be a lot of challenging and so when you deeply connect to your why because i think if we just connect to a dollar amount or a money amount or responsibility amount there's no fun in that there's no joy in that there's no pull in that you talk about deeply connecting to the emotion of the story you got to connect to the emotion in your own story so for me having that why is always what helps me get through that because then i it's then i realize yeah this too shall pass you know i'm an avid student of, of the laws of success, we know the law, and I know the law of rhythm says things, things come in cycles. And when we're in a down cycle, it can be hard to remember that there's an up cycle unless we really keep ourselves focused on what it is we want. And, you know, there's, it's a cliche expression that says, you know, it's not about your goal, it's who you become when you create your goal. And I think that's the part that helps me keep going. And that's what I work with my clients on to help them focus on that. Because guess what, when you get to the goal, it's usually pretty anticlimactic. It's a completion. I mean, I one one of the things, and I, you probably don't know this. I don't think it's in my bio. I used to compete in figure, like women's bodybuilding, um, years ago. And I remember the first time I did that. Like, can you want to talk about some really tough times, like when everybody's eating and you're just having like another stinking chicken breast, like a glass of water? Um, it can get very emotionally trying. But connecting to that why was important. And yeah, I won. I both times I got a trophy and I did really well. And it was like, oh well. But the process of, of going through that was what made me realize I have focus, I have drive, I have this. And so in our business, it's the same thing. So when we achieve a goal, we need to have another one because once you get there, it can feel anticlimactic. So always really connecting to that 
that big why, you know, what, what is your why? And I think entrepreneurs too need to have a, a dual why. Like a lot of times people will, their why will be about how they help others. And that is super important. And you've got to include yourself in that. Like, what do you want for yourself? Cause that's also going to pull you forward. And so um, for me, that's, that's what keeps me going in those tough times. It's like, okay, what, what, what is my why? And, you know, my, one of my biggest whys was to have this property. Um, my next big why is uh, we've completely renovated outside. The horses at this point have a nicer house than I do. Um, is to get, to, bring, to, get, to get the house inside just as nice. And then my next big why is I want to buy the property next door so I have more land. So I'm always focused on, on that. And, and with the horses, part of my why with that is every single horse that lives on my property is a rescue in one form or another. So I want more space to have another place for horses that have nowhere to go to have somewhere to go. So this is what, so when the sales aren't in or I have too much, too many sales and I'm trying to fulfill, or I have to do the hard thing, like pick up the phone and call somebody I connect to that. So sorry, that was very long winded, but that's, that's how we do it. <laughs> that's amazing. By the way, can you hear me? Okay. Cause my microphone, I muted myself for like a second and now it's being weird. No, I can hear you. But it was weird. My screen went blank so at one point. I wondered if we were still connected. So I might have paused. And then I kept talking. I'm like, okay, I think we're still there. We're, we're still there. Okay. So like that that's incredible because I love that. That is so powerful. And one of the things I really want to like touch upon is something I realized with my own life purpose, which I'm not going to share on air right now, but I'll speak to you in private about, is when I figured it out, I actually understood that there was two elements. One was that I wanted to do this for the world, but specifically I wanted to do the same things to start with with me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when everything kind of shifted because I put myself first for the first time because as Abraham Lincoln once said, um, to the best way to help the poor is to not be amongst them. Mm -hmm. And that applies for everything. Like the best way to help others is to not be amongst them to actually become better and come back and help um and a better version of yourself not better than them but better version of yourself um and that's that's truly powerful so i'm glad that you actually went through that i did not know that you actually competitively lifted uh as well because that's incredible i do not have that um i do have that discipline but i don't want to do it anymore and there was a question that was it that was the question i wanted to ask you and this is very very particular because i, I so my world uh, outside of business is martial arts mm -hmm. um i used to fight i still train and i still teach um so one of the things i do know is whenever i've had it with fighters and i've seen it with one particular fighter recently i heard in his corner the the corner moment like saying remember your why connect back to your why remember that you can only show up if you're the best version of you and you connect to your why. And this person in their mind, they connected to their why, but they still lost the fight. So my question here is, is there a time in your mind where you've connected to your high purpose, your why, you know why you're doing what you're doing, and you're really going for it, and it doesn't happen. How do you actually deal with that level of disappointment in that moment? Like, do you question it? Or do you just go, maybe there's something greater that's around? Um, like, what advice would you give to someone like that? I, I mean... That, that's a hard one because it, it really depends. I think in that moment when it doesn't happen, like, you know, talking about the competitive bodybuilding and everybody that was on that stage put everything in for whatever the weeks are up to that, right? And only, there's only three trophies that go out. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they haven't put that effort in. And so I, I, I believe that we have to really look past the actual goal as our why. Like that's what I was saying about who you become, right? Because winning that trophy was just one thing. Um, 
but it was being able to become the person that could get on the stage was even bigger or same within business. And, and, you know, you'll get the client, you don't get the client, you win the competition or you don't. Um, it can be really, it can be really hard in that moment. And at the same time, if, if I don't believe our why is ever about one particular moment. And so I think if you've got to feel it, feel it, like feel those feelings and, 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 step into them and then see what is next right but don't don't shut down the feelings if, if you're having those feelings that's the worst thing you can do but are you going to let it stop you from moving forward um i've i've certainly had a lot of disappointment in my life <laughs> um and i'm also so stubborn that i refuse to let it knock me down it could i will have sometimes i'll give myself a pity party and allow myself to have that and then I move on agree it's um sometimes you need that you need to actually have that moment of like um to have that moment of failure in order to actually bounce back because that really tests your resilience and and you have to let yourself feel i had a client the other day who had something that came up in her business that really shook her to her core um and it was with it it, it was a relationship issue and and um i don't want to get into you know any confidentiality stuff but what i did say to her was how long do you need to pout seriously she says i can be done by 2 15 tomorrow and she was <laughs> so like it was just then go i said then go eat a tub of haagen have some wine cry your eyes out don't put makeup on and and, and give yourself the time to feel it and then move on because i think the more damaging thing is in those moments when we don't achieve what we thought we could do if we bottle that up and don't feel it that's what will kill us going forward so feel it allow it but don't let it, don't let it hold you back. Yeah, agreed. It, it's it's awesome when you actually do go through that process. Yeah. Now, I just want to first of all thank you for actually being here and spending time with us and actually really kind of opening up with everything that you do. Um, and I'm just going to encourage everyone to go check out uh, your website, which is of course Nafisa uh, Shireen dot com, and that's N A F I S A S H I R E E N dot com. Um, but very la- very quickly, like last, if there's any last piece of advice that you give to anyone right now, just to apply, like one thing they can do today to increase their happiness, their mindset, whatever it is, what would be that piece of advice? That piece of advice would be to get really clear on what it is you do want for yourself, not what you think you can get. Don't stop there. Get really clear on what it is you do want, and start putting it and and start putting a plan in place to make it happen. And I know it can seem overwhelming when you list that, but but just by putting down what you do want, you're already on your path to getting there. Like don't, don't let yourself be stopped by what your past has told you or what other people have told you. Just get so clear on what you want. Because if there's one thing I know for sure, not just from my own experience, but from my client's experience, from colleagues' experience, from people that I've watched in the world is when you get clear on what you want and you hold that vision it it has no choice but to manifest there will be bumps along the way but you'll never get there if you don't get clear about it first so get clear on that agreed and that'd be amazing thanks again for being here Nafisa. Really thank you really so much Adil. All right, it was a guys. great fun chat thank you i'm very glad that you enjoyed it all right guys we'll see you on another episode next week i hope you have an amazing day and weekend because of course this comes out on friday And uh, speak to you guys real soon. Bye.